Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord in the highest. Um, it is an honor to be here today. And I want to use this opportunity to thank uh, the man of God, Moses Kehindi, and his partners uh, for hosting me. And uh, also you, uh, dear listener, uh, it's a blessing to come your way. I don't take it for granted at all. Amen. And so, uh, I want to share a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity. As this moment that you have your way, as you're about to share your word, as that you use it to transform the lives of your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for answer prayer. Amen. So today, um, we uh, want to continue from where we started. There's no Jesus, the truth about eternal life. Uh, today is part three. Uh, last week, uh, we mentioned three major points. So that was uh, the sense of having a sense of inadequacy. Uh, and also, number two, know that Jesus trusts us, so, so we must also trust him. And number three, uh, communicate with Jesus uh, by mostly asking questions. Amen. Now, today my mission here is very simple, and that is to bring to the doors of your hearts the truth that Jesus has already proclaimed. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus said, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Whilst this remains our main reference verse, in John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So then, what is the truth? The answer is found in John chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the truth. And he makes anyone who gets to know him intimately free. He makes everyone who gets to know him completely free. And that is exactly what eternal life is about. A life that is not limited by our physical body. A free life. A life that goes beyond our physical body. The life that goes beyond this generation. The life that transcends generation. You can bear witness to the Father Jesus is not here with us physically. 
but he has sent us the free spirit of God so that anyone who receives Jesus as Lord and personal Savior can have a growing, consistent, intimate, and personal relationship with him through the Spirit of God. So they will not lose their eternal life, but rather keep it safely. So today, uh, we are going to look at some steps. Anybody who wants to have a, a growing and consistent and intimate and personal relationship with Jesus must take. But first of all, uh, it is important to know that God is a sovereign God and he chooses to reveal himself through Jesus to anyone, anywhere, anyhow, as and when and how it pleases him. However, as a child of God who has encountered Jesus personally, I believe there are some few steps anyone who wants to know Jesus can take. Number one, in order to know Jesus Christ, it's very important to be sincere to yourself and accept that you are a sinner. You know, you must be sincere to yourself and accept that you are a sinner. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says, For all have seen and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have seen according to the word of God. All of us. There is no exception. So, you believing in deception if you think that you have not seen. So, you must be true to yourself. And admit that you're a sinner and ask for forgiveness from God. Ask God to forgive you of your sin because you have acknowledged, you have realized that you are a sinner. So you are genuinely asking God to forgive you all your sins. So the number two, the second thing you want to look at is that you must believe and receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You must believe in Jesus Christ. You must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And uh, you must receive and accept Him as your Lord and personal Savior. John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus said, the Word of God said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Then, Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, it is not possible to get to know Jesus Christ if you don't believe in him. It's not possible to know him if you don't receive him as your Lord and personal Savior, it's not possible. You can't know him if you don't believe in him. So we must believe in him. Really, you must really believe in him. Believing in Jesus means to trust him and rely on him. Rely on him. Depend on him. 
and then a set team Asher Lauren Bresner Sevier so the third thing we're gonna look at is that you must believe in the promise of the Holy Spirit you must believe in the promise of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 verse 17 the Word of God says and it shall come to pass in the last days says God that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall, shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams now I know there are many people who do not believe in the gift of the Spirit. There are many people who do not believe in the promise of the Holy Spirit. There are many people who believe that, you know, this does not apply to us. Some people believe that the operation and the promise of the Holy Spirit was only for the, 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 the act of the apostles, was only for the, the people in the days of the apostles. So they don't believe that, you know, the Holy Spirit is operating our days. Now my question for these people is that, uh, did the last days, did the last days end with the time of the apostles? Because if that is true, then the promise of the Spirit ended with the apostles. But if the last days did end with the apostles, and we are still in the last days, then the promise still applies to us. And the promise is still for us. And so we must believe in it. We must believe in the promise of the Spirit of God. We must believe that the Spirit of God has been given to us is in our days you must believe that he is right here and that anybody who received jesus christ as lord and personal savior received the indwelling of the spirit of god according to according to uh first corinthians chapter 3 verse 4 verse 16 that don't you know your body is a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So anybody who receives the Spirit of God, who receives Jesus Christ, receives the Spirit of God, the indwelling of the Spirit of God. So we must believe in the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we move into the, uh, the fourth point. Number four, we must be willing and uh, have the desire to do the will of God. We must be willing and have a desire to do the will of God. Uh, it is important to, to desire to do the will of God, to be willing to do the will of God. If we are going to know Jesus Christ intimately, it's important. In John chapter 7, verse 17, Jesus Christ said, If anyone wills to do his will, 
he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. In other words, what Jesus Christ was trying to say is that if anyone wills or desires to do the will of God, he shall be given the power to know the truth, to know whether he is telling the truth or telling lies. So that person will be given the power, that person will be given the power to know the truth. And who is the truth? The truth is Jesus Christ. So it is important to desire to do the will of God if we are going to know Jesus Christ. Because in so doing, we are given the power to know him. We are given the power to know him. Now, um, what is the will of God? And how uh, can we do the will of God? How do we know the will of God? And how can we do the will of God? Now, the will of God is the word of God. It's very important to understand that the will of God is the word of God. And the word of God is found in the Bible. And so if you are going to do the will of God, then you have got to do the following. Number one, you have got to read the Bible on a daily basis. Number two, you have got to memorize verses. Number three, you have got to meditate upon it, ponder over it, think about it again and again and again. And number four, you have got to pray with the scriptures on a daily basis. You have got to pray with the word of God on a daily basis. If you are going to do the will of God, then you have got to do all this. Just three things. It's important to know that. So now, we're moving to the fifth point. The fifth point, we must make it a priority to become an effective witness of Jesus Christ. You must make it a number one, the number one priority, your number one priority to become an effective witness of Jesus Christ. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth to be witnesses. Now, who is a witness? One of the many definitions of witnesses is that someone who has had a, 
a first-hand experience on something. A first-hand experience on something. A first-hand. So you must experience a thing yourself personally. You must have a first-hand experience on it yourself. <laughs> uh, you must have a first-hand experience on it yourself to be called, uh, you know, a real witness. Now, if you are called to the witness stand in the courtroom to bear witness, and you go there and you begin to say, well, I have heard them say this, and uh, this person told me that this is how it was. I mean, they will kick you out because you are not a witness. You didn't have a first-hand experience. You are a third party. <laughs> you didn't have a first-hand experience on a thing. So you are not a witness. You, are, you, have, you, you, don't, you have not seen it. You have not, you know, handled it practically yourself. So you can't be a witness in that case. But now you and I will agree that Jesus Christ has walked the earth 2,000 plus years ago. And uh, you and I are barely 100 years old. That is even if you are close. <laughs> yeah. You and I are barely 100 years old. So there is no practical way that we, you and I can have a I mean, an experience, first-hand experience with Jesus Christ. There's no practical way for you and I to be an effective witness of Jesus Christ. There's no practical way for you and I to be a witness of Jesus Christ in the first place. That's why Jesus is saying, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay, so you shall receive power so that you can be a witness of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit gives us the power to now have a practical experience with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit now gives us the power to now have a personal experience with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit now gives us the power to now have a first-hand experience on Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit now gives us the power to now handle him practically ourselves. So when we go out there to witness to people, we are not just witnesses or we are not just sharing the word. We are not just talking about Jesus Christ just because we have heard the preacher man talk about Jesus. We are not just talking about Jesus Christ just because we have read about him but on top of all that on top of hearing about him on top of reading about him we ourselves we have handled him practically we ourselves we have had a first-hand experience on him and that is it so when we go and we share the word the holy spirit who works in us now convict the people and they receive. So we must make it a priority to become an effective witness to Jesus. Now Jesus Christ doesn't really reveal himself to you because you want to just have fun with it. He's revealing himself to you because 
you are ready to be an effective witness. The reason why Jesus received, reveals himself to his people is for them to be witnesses to others. So you must have as priority or as your number one priority to become an effective witness of Jesus Christ. You must have as number one priority to become an effective witness of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus doesn't just reveal himself to people for fun. No. I know people who just want to I want, I, want to, I want to experience Jesus just for fun. No. <laughs> you must have as priority. You must have as priority. You must have as priority to become an effective witness of Jesus Christ. That way, you put yourself in a good place, in a right position. To experience Jesus Christ firsthand, to experience Jesus Christ practically by the power that the Holy Spirit gives you. Hallelujah. So I'm going to end it here today. And um, if you are listening to me and um, you have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and, pers- Lord and personal Savior, or you are listening to me and you know you have received Jesus, all right, or you believe in Jesus, all right, but you know within yourself that you don't have a relationship with Him, you don't have an intimate, you don't have a personal relationship, you know within yourself that you don't know Jesus personally. You want to just say this prayer with me. Say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me all my sins. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. Come into my life and make my life a testimony. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Lord Jesus, I bring before you your people just as you have asked me to tell them. You want them to know you. This moment, I ask that you reveal yourself to them and cause them to know you more intimately. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for answer prayer. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you richly. Uh, once again, it's a blessing to come your way. I do not take you for granted. And uh, I want to just say uh, to the man of God, Moses Kahini and uh, his partners, thank you very much for hosting me. God bless you more. See you another time.